Well, hello everyone, this is Mark Tinsley, and you are joining me on The Message, which is a ministry of inquiry for today. Today we're going to partake of a special episode of The Message entitled Opportunity Knocks. And this message is going to be based on Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. So let's read those verses briefly. The Apostle Paul writes, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we have many opportunities in life, and we are, when we're presented with these opportunities, we have a choice to do something with them or not do something with them. For example, when I was on a deployment as an army chaplain in Kuwait and Iraq, I remember in a Kuwaiti chow hall one time, I ran into this staff sergeant, I don't remember his name, but he was in dire straits. I could tell by the look on his face, by the despair in his whole body that there was something going on, that something negative had happened. And I chose in that moment to approach him. I took that opportunity to come alongside him in that chow hall and to talk to him about faith, about his troubles, about Christ. And I'm glad I did. My entire time as a as an administrator and college professor at a, at a college here in Virginia, I remember moving up through the ranks. I started as a professor, moved up through the ranks to a department chair and an associate dean and finally a dean. And it was I was fearful uh, each step that I wouldn't be able to do it, that I didn't have what it takes. But I took those opportunities anyway, and I'm glad I did. In the Army, I had the opportunity to go to airborne school and air assault school. Airborne school is where you jump out of airplanes and Air assault schools where you repel out of helicopters. and I had, the, I had an opportunity to, to, to go to those courses. I could have chosen to go or not go. I chose to go, and I'm glad I did. And then several years ago, I was able to partake in a Master of Fine Arts program up in a university just outside of New York City. And I had an opportunity to not go into that program. I had an opportunity to go to that program. I took the opportunity, and I went. I also think about the many micro-opportunities that we have countless times during every week, like spending time with our children, saying a nice word to someone, giving to someone in need, and, and things like that. The thing about opportunity, though, is this. It often doesn't look like opportunity. It often looks like an obstacle, something less than desirable. For example, I didn't want to approach that soldier in that Kuwaiti chow hall. He was kind of a man's man looking soldier. He didn't, he looked angry. He looked like, you know, he would snap my neck if he, uh, if he wanted to, but I went anyway and I'm glad I did. You know, being thrust into leadership at the university level is scary when you have to lead academics, uh, when you have to lead, uh, people who are quite frankly, hard to lead in some cases, that's a scary proposition. But I took that opportunity anyway, and I'm glad I did. And let's face it, airborne and air assault school, right? Well, jumping out of perfectly good airplanes and repelling out of perfectly good helicopters doesn't seem like the wisest thing to do. But I did it, and I'm glad I did. 
and a science and math guy, that's me, enrolling in a Master of Fine Arts program in poetry is not the most logical course of action. But I did it. And I'm glad I did it. And additionally, spending time with my children takes time away from other things that I might want to do. Saying a nice word to someone on the street takes effort. Giving to those in need takes money out of my bank account. Do I really want to participate in these kinds of opportunities? Or are they simply burdens to be avoided? Dr. Jerry Falwell, the founder of Liberty University, once said this. He said, life is full of unbelievable opportunities disguised as unsolvable problems. Let me say that again. Life is full of unbelievable opportunities disguised as unsolvable problems. What an awesome philosophy of life. We are presented with all kinds of obstacles in life, but for the Christian, we are called to see past these obstacles and to envision them as potential opportunities for us to do great things, for us to do the work of God. I have no doubt that the Apostle Paul, as he penned his letter to the church at Ephesus, had this idea firmly in mind. He says in Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17, our passage, He says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You see, Paul understood that time is limited on this earth, that in some cases we have but one opportunity to do something meaningful for someone else. Maybe only one opportunity to affect positive change in a certain situation. And if we miss that opportunity, then we miss the ability to do God's work. We fall short and miss the mark. Now you'll recall that the church at Ephesus is the church that John describes in the book of Revelation this way. He says, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. In many ways, the church at Ephesus was doing the things God had called them to do. They were living and walking by faith. They were hardworking and diligent. It seems that they were taking hold of the opportunities God had presented them. But Paul goes on. He says this, Yet I hold this against you. Rather, John goes on recording the words of Christ, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Even though there was a lot to commend this church, 
there was still something this group of believers was missing, some opportunity they were not embracing. Now, commentators do not agree on what this first love is that Paul refers to here, but it's certainly some sort of of missed opportunity. And who knows why the Ephesians had turned their backs on this opportunity, but it no doubt had something to do with the difficulty of it, the challenge it presented, or the perceived consequences it had. So it's no surprise in Ephesians 5.15 that Paul utters this strong admonition to the church. And again, I'll read it. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, the phrase translated here, making the most of every opportunity, from the Greek, really literally means something like this. Redeem the time, as Frank Gabelin, the great commentator, says. In fact, the Greek verb there, exagorazo, is used elsewhere in the New Testament to refer to redemption from the law in places like Galatians 3.13 and Galatians 4.5. That is Christ's act of buying us out of sin... And setting us free. Again, this is what Frank Gabelin says. Christ buying us out of our sin and setting us free. So in a sense, Paul is saying something like this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. He's saying, Ephesian believers, buy your time out of its slavery to nothingness and use it for good. Stop wasting time on frivolous things and start using your time for eternal things. But that's easier said than done, isn't it? We are a distracted people. We like to take the easy way out with our time. We would much rather watch sports and movies and play golf, surf surf the internet, talk and text on cell phones, go on entertainment-driven vacations or whatever. Less and less are we a people of meditation on Scripture, Christian service, and reflection. On this point, Paul would say that we are like the Ephesian church. We are missing our opportunity, and his admonition to us would be just as clear. He would say, redeem the time. You know, folks, opportunity knocks on our door every single day. Think of how many times we encounter someone in legitimate financial need, someone we could help if we were not so concerned about our own financial security. Think about the person who comes to us looking for a word of encouragement, a simple word or five minutes of our time to say, you can do this, hang in there, I'm there for you. Think about the child or grandchild who's just looking for a little attention, a loving touch, a smile, an arm around the shoulder. Think about the struggling addict who simply needs someone to tell him or her about the person named Jesus Christ who can utterly and completely change his or her life. There are countless, indeed hundreds of situations and people God puts in our paths every week where the opportunity to do something good and Christ-like knocks on the door of our hearts as loudly as you can imagine, like the rap of a door knocker on a wooden castle door. 
question is, what do we do when we hear the knock? I was reading some quotes about opportunity on the internet, and I found two that really spoke to me. The first read, quote, Opportunity knocks at the strangest times. It's not the time that matters, but how you answer the door. Wow, how true this is. However, it's the second quote that I want you to hear and internalize. It was said by an Adrian Gisoff, and I have no idea who that is, but it doesn't matter. Gisoff said this, Opportunity knocked. My doorman threw him out. Wow. Opportunity knocked. My doorman threw him out. How often does this apply to us? The doorman of our hearts hears the knock. Yet he locks the door, turns off the porch light and says, go away. I don't want any of what you have. Get out of my sight. Get out of my hearing. Leave. Folks, each of us is a servant doorman standing by our doors of life and experience and invariably we are going to hear the rap of fear, despair, need, pain, etc. on our doors. We will hear the knock. The question is, what will we do when we hear it? Christian, what will you do when you hear it? Well, I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great week. God bless you all and have a great day.